0: So let's talk about, let's talk about like the current state of the industry and really like get into that.
1: Yeah. So Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. This will be part two with Sean Kitzman. And we were talking earlier about, oh, improvisation, like kind of teaching a sequence, getting them to break the sequence. I get excited when they break the sequence, which includes what you just got to, which is the massage industry itself. What do you see happening?
0: Jeez, dude. It is a shitstorm. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty depressing landscape right now. I mean, we, you know, obviously uh I have access to the Massage Entrepreneurs Group because I'm, you know, you've you've made me an entrepreneur, and um we get to kind of see it from the inside out. And uh it's a pretty bleak place right now. And and I And I think that I see a lot of people um, hoping and praying that a government, and by the way, I'm not a tinfoil hat guy, right? Like, I'm not running around worried about EMF and all the rest of that shit, right? Like, I'm just a pragmatist. And the reason why I'm so pragmatic is because I built my practice in Michigan in the late 2000s. And also, being from Michigan, I've watched an industry crumble, and I know what that looks like. I I've, I've seen like exponential wealth leave. So, you know, all of my life in Michigan, when I was a kid, you didn't go to Detroit. Like you just didn't go right. My parents didn't take us to Detroit. I can count on one hand, how many times I was in Detroit from the age of inception to my early twenties. Right. Because I've, uh, and then Flint is the same way. Right. So you have Detroit in the, you know, in the early part of the 1900s. That was this economic boom. And then Flint is a microcosm of Detroit. And actually, Flint, at one point in time, had the highest median income in the country in the 20s. Far more than New York, far more than L.A., far more than everybody else. And then when you watch an industry get sucked out of that, that community, and you watch the, the, what happens to everything around it, I can take you to where the Packard plant was in downtown Detroit or in Detroit. And if you can like put on your imaginary glasses and look at the landscape of what that was and what it is now, that's exactly what I see right now in the industry. <clears throat> and it's actually what I see globally, by the way. Right. And so, you know, I think the thing that really concerns me is that a lot of people, like I just looked, and I won't say the person's name because I don't want to incriminate them, but I just looked before we got back on again, I saw someone talk about the $2,000 stimulus check. Now, I will tell you that during this election cycle, um, I was a big gang gang guy, right? I like Andrew Yang a lot. I think he is um, someone that is very, very, very forth, you know, very, very uh revolutionary in the way that he thinks and he kind of puts stuff together um and i like the idea of ubi or what he calls the freedom dividend
1: yeah
0: but like andrew yang <clears throat> i have this much confidence in a government yep. i don't give a shit if you're republican or democrat i do not want to care i don't want to talk about that like i just want to talk about like the facts of like <clears throat> the idea that they're going to make a means tested uh stimulus check right Uh, based on what we made two years ago um, is bananas or a year ago is bananas. And then they yank it out from underneath us. I can't actually get unemployment here in the state of Minnesota.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, So I see a lot of people wanting to rely on a government that is evidently doesn't give two shits about small business people.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's, and, and you know, the, my wife and I have talked about this a lot because like, two weeks ago my wife and I were talking about the unemployment and she's like, well, you know, what about this? What do you think about this? And I was like, well, first of all, I'm not trained. My brain doesn't think about that Yeah, because um, there was nobody to catch me when I fell in the mid to late two thousands. And so, you know, like from 2000 to 2010, like if I could scrape one penny together to make two pennies, I was really happy. And, um, you know, I mean, 10 years, I lived in just struggle. And so, uh but that also has given me a nose for things that are a little bit more dire. And I think the place that we're at right now is, I was just listening to uh, <clears throat> Ulster, Dr. Osterholm, who was on Rogan. Uh, that was the infectious disease guy uh, from Minnesota. I was listening to him today, and he was talking about like 20 months, which is by far. And also he recognized this thing like end of December, early January as, okay, this thing's going to come and it's going to be here. And um, the idea of 20 months and the fact that, that a lot of the industry is really kind of choosing to follow something that is unfounded and untrue. I mean, if we just look at the rest of the world as an example, and we're doing far less things than the rest of the world is. So why do we think that in two weeks, somebody's going to sprinkle them Corona fairy dust. And then all of a sudden everything's good. And I think I like, and I am a, like, it's so funny because people who don't know me and you and I have talked a bit and you know, I'm a ridiculously optimistic person. I am straight freaking Eeyore with a sprinkle of rabbit in here. If we're looking at Winnie the Pooh characters, yeah. generally, I am legit Tigger and a little bit of Winnie the Pooh, right? Like legit. I see, now, I also see opportunity in this. And and I'm really concerned that the industry doesn't see opportunity in this because the industry wants to cling to the standards that we've kind of tried to build up over the last 20 or 30 years, which are really just false pretenses. You know, um, it's the idea that, you know, licensure and regulation and all of this shit is going to help us out and, um, and that we're going to become part of the healthcare community and blah, 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 blah. Right. Well, and we were talking earlier on in the, in the first part about the AMT and the AMBP, like being very regressive in the way that they're kind of handling this. But the reason for it is because we don't have a voice because we're a small percentage of the, of, of the small business industry industry um and on average nobody cares about someone that makes forty thousand dollars a year which is around the industry average i mean they want to hear from people who make you know upper six figures a year seven figures a year and we don't have people by and large in the industry that make anywhere close to that so you know i think it's very like you know it's funny because i was talking with someone the other day uh Politically, as I've gotten older, I've swung a little bit more. I, I mean, when I was younger, I was straight Republican. Yeah. And politically, as I've gotten older, I, I think a lot of my social policies have swung far more liberal. I have some, uh, um, uh, uh, you know, kind of economic policies that are a little bit more conservative. But when I look at business, I am straight libertarian, Right. I do not want to rely on anybody or anything to tell me what the fuck to do. Right. And um, that's where I'm at. And that's where I think we're at. And and that's why I've legit it. uh, I don't know how many days is March 25th ago. I've had one day off. I've only taught the the only day that I've had off. And that time has been Easter Sunday. And I could have, I could have actually worked that day too. So. And why am I working that much? I'm working that much because like, yes, you and I are rebels and outcasts. But I think that one of the things that we can see about being rebels and outcasts in the industry is the outcast, the industry itself has given us a place. The industry has given me a place to make an, create a lifestyle and create a, a something that very few industries would have given me. It it has allowed nonconformists like you and I to exist. And I'm concerned about that. Like, I have every faith that you will make it because you are. Yeah. No,
1: listen, I mean, I'm this far away from going over to HEB. Sure. Going, listen, I need work temporarily. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, I don't consider that, and I I know some people don't understand this. They're like, "But that's not entrepreneurial." I'm like, "Hell yeah, it is. It's me paying my bills.
0: It's yeah, me dude. paying my
1: mortgage and not defaulting. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, and yeah. yeah.
1: Closing. Yeah. It's like, listen." Yeah, yeah. In a, in a strain, I, I feel a little bit of bias because I saw something similar to this during Hurricane Katrina. I was in about sure. an hour upriver from New Orleans. Yeah, dude. And you felt like the rest of the country was almost, almost, not everybody, but kind of laughing at these yokels in Louisiana. But the thing is, we had to watch it up close. And when people are like, oh, well, FEMA, I'm like, oh, boy. Listen, if you talk about federal government stepping in and helping people, I'm like, oh, you mean like it did the indigenous population?" right like let's go find a reservation and find out how they're doing like yeah let's see
0: how good that is i don't
1: have a huge level of trust and the thing is i don't use the word libertarian because people make all sorts of assumptions about that it's like politically i'm like you over the years i've kind of vacillated in various ways and i'm sometimes disparate on different issues for sure yeah so uh, for me it's not that i don't you know think social um security should exist it's not that i don't think right unemployment should exist or well it sure. shouldn't exist sure. the thing is you know they're sending people 1200 dollars it's like am i, am I not going to use that well sure if i get access to it like but that's tax monies basically i mean we the people are the ones who make up government for sure and the whole thing is it's like when it comes to massage, and this is one thing, because I'm completely opposed to massage regulation. That makes
0: yeah, me, you no, and me both. No no fans. Makes me oh, no my fans. God. I can't wait until you and I both get picketers outside our doors right now, dude. But the, the whole thing is, I don't need, in
1: our industry specifically, I don't need regulators to tell me how to go out and help people. For and sure. I feel like they're putting me in this box that starts to impose limitations. So for instance, I have lots of conversations with Chad Bolding um, about diet and nutrition. Uh, Chad amongst the, another friend got involved with like carnivore diet and then intermittent uh-huh. fasting. So uh-huh. right now, I've not eaten in 24 hours. Uh-huh. I feel great and I'm going, like I talked to a guy who's having problems, and I'm going, man. How much, and I I don't know, I'm actually asking questions about this. How much does diet lead to inflammation? Because inflammation and pain are horribly intertwined. Yeah. And the thing is, is I'm going, okay, man, listen, I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not telling you how to eat, but um, I had chronic pain too. I think you ought to look into this. It gets to a weird thing because you start to have that scope of practice conversation. And it's like, I didn't prescribe the guy eat a certain. It's just you're providing information to people to be able to make lifestyle choices that benefit them. It's the same thing as massage entrepreneurs. It's like, listen, I don't think it's (coughs) bad to get a job in Massage Envy, but then pursue your dream on the side. That's just as entrepreneurial. The bottom line is, are you happy? Right. And I was not happy because insurance billing, I worked at a chiropractor's office. I really came into my own kicking people's ass in 30 minutes an hour sessions. I was a mechanic. Like sure. the, the chiropractor, the other staff started referring the chronic pain people to me, just going, we don't know what Robert does, but he seems to help people in pain. And then all the other staff were really thankful because they got to do easy kind of Swedish relaxation. For sure. The chiropractor had big guys turned into butter by me, so it made it easier for him to adjust them. For sure. But I never rested on that job. I for always sure. looked at it as a stepping stone to private practice, which maximized freedom maximized autonomy and maximized pain relief the problem was if you gave me a 30 minute box i was like man i could do so much more if they would just let me do what i knew how to do for sure and that was where the practice came together it was like how do you maximize you know really what's human potential when i think bruce lee is like was bruce lee a martial artist or was he a philosopher
0: yeah 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 It's hard to separate those two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And so, you know, like I'm, I, but the thing is like, dude, I I like legit. I'm set to have my best month income ever. And the reason why is because I chose not to, I chose not to wait, you know, like you and I, one of the initial things that we chose to, to, or one of the things that we connected on, right. Like early on was Seth Godin, right. I, one of the things, there's two things that I love that Seth says, uh, one of them is don't ask for permission. And the second one is be a heretic. Right. And I think that you and I both do that. Well, um, it's one of the things that we, we could, we could agree to disagree that, you know, short hair is better than long hair. (laughs) Right. Um, we could agree to disagree that, you know, like whatever we agree to disagree about. But I, I think that those two things that, that they're kind of they kind of unify us as personalities. You know, it's yes. it's it's what allows us to respect each other, um, regardless of what our professions were. Yeah. We we could we could connect on those two things, and you could do underwater basket weaving, and I could do you know uh, 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 you know moon earth moon birthday parties. <laughs> you know, We would, we would connect on those two things. And so, you know, um, the thing that I'm really concerned about is in the industry and why I've worked legit. I don't know how many days, fucking 20, March 25th was ago. Um, But why I've worked every day, except for one is because I'm concerned. I'm concerned that there's massage therapists out there that don't even realize that online practice is a thing. And they they need to really look at it as a thing. Like I talked to an acupuncturist earlier on today. Um, He was in one of my classes and, um, you know, like he and I were able to sit down and talk about some things and, and lo and behold, the things that I roll out in my course are not earth shattering. They're not groundbreaking. They're not rocket surgery or brain science. To you? Yeah, of course to me, but, but, but like by the time that someone gets done with that free course that I do, they go, Oh yeah, no shit. I do that already. You know? And so, and that's the goal of the free course, right? I mean, the goal of the free course is just show you it's possible. And, and kind of like, you know, uh, the, other, the, other probably, the other person that we can probably connect on um, right away would be, you know, obviously Gary V. And so, you know, what really gets me excited, I talked with my friend, Elise Lengel, who took over my practice in Michigan after we moved. And um, Elise was, I taught one semester at a college, uh, which is really a funny story, um, but I taught one semester at a college where I was a heretic for a whole semester, right? I didn't ask for permission staff was extremely jealous of, of whatever I did because the students loved me and they hated all of them. And, and Elise was- um, I relate to that as well. <laughs> yeah. So it was really funny because um, when I first interviewed for the job, I went to massage therapy school before there was community college stuff, right? Like in 97, there wasn't a community college on the face of the planet, at least in Michigan. And I didn't think around the country that went, oh, massage therapist, this is a viable career to get into. Ooh, we can make money off this and monetize this. So what was it? It was small schools, right? And so, um, you know, by the time that I got around to teaching at the college, it's 2011. They hired me for an occupational sports massage, uh, occupational injury, and sports massage instructor. Other than repetitive use and motor control, I have no idea how those two things are lined up together. Uh, I I mean, we could have a conversation about it, but how you put those two things together for brand new students? doesn't make sense to me. But so, uh, when I interviewed for the job, the lady who taught the, 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 she was the director of the course. She was like, well, you don't have a, you don't have a degree. And I was like, okay, so let me ask you this question. Who's the longest person on staff that has, that has massaging experience. She said, well, me, I said, how long have you been teaching for? She goes four years. I said, how long have you been in practice for? I said, she said seven years. I said, oh, so you're in practice for three years. She's like, well, no, and I'm like, yes, you've been on staff there for for four years, and also you told me you had to practice out of your house, so it's a very different thing now, and she was like, well, and I said, so here's the deal, I traveled with a nationally competitive boy soccer team for three seasons, who on your staff has done that? Well, nobody. I said, "Oh, so what you're telling me is that that associate's degree that your staff member has is worth more than what I'm telling you?" And by the way, I out I outlast you by four years, and I've been in practice on my own for that time. She's like, "Well," so at the end of this, at the end of the course, she says, uh, "They weren't going to invite me back unless I had an associate's." And I was driving like an hour to make thirty bucks an hour, right? Like I taught four hour a four hour block, and so uh, so. Uh, when I was done on a a scale of five, I had like a 4.275 student approval rating. And I know the two people that gave me crappy ratings because I I actually failed them both. And I told them in the beginning, like, it's going to be really hard to fail my class. You're going to have to try. Like, you're just going to have to try to fail my class. And one of the people who failed my class, her dad was actually a professor at this college, so nobody else would fail, fail her except for me. And I didn't give a shit because I didn't know her dad. and It didn't matter to me anyway. <laughs> right. So after I get my student rating back, lady calls me, she goes, you've had the best student approval rating of anybody. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. Cause I actually taught him how to work. Yeah. So my student, Elise took over my practice. And we were talking about this today. And, um, she, you know, when this whole thing went down, uh, Elise is a good friend of mine too. Um, but when this whole thing went down, I got on the phone with her right away and I said, Hey, Elise, um, here's what I think you should do. And the thing that really excites me about watching Elise over the last nine years um, and then over the last probably four or five years, because she's really kind of taken off with some of the stuff in her practice is that she has decided to really think outside of the box. And so Elise has now created, you know, this opportunity for her because now she's doing, she's seeing online clients. She's created some online classes and she's really kind of breaking the mold of what should happen. And she's not waiting for permission, right? She's not waiting for anybody to tell her that it's okay to do stuff. And I think that that's the thing that, that the industry struggles with is that they wait for permission. They're not like you and I, but they also put a lot of roadblocks in the way. Like we talked about earlier, like SOP, you know, insurance and all the rest of that shit. But I think the thing that we have to think about is there's opportunity in any crisis there's opportunity to be had and there's money to be made in the crisis. And um, this is going to, this is going to radically change the industry. I mean, we're at a stepping stone. We're at a place in the industry that we've never been before. And in 40 years, when they look back at this, this is going to be a place where they go, Oh shit, stuff changed here.
1: Yeah.
0: And, and um, I've talked to 300, some 350 to 370 Massage therapists over that time frame since March 25th. And um, it's funny because I've seen other people say, well, there's so many people trying to take their practice online now. Look, we were earlier on, we were talking about, uh, you know, uh, CU integration and how low it actually is. You know, like 15, like 15% is like the high end. Well, I know how many people have taken their practice online and the people that I've talked to. And I'm right about 15 to 20%. So I might be on the high end, but if you do the math, and I'm not good at math, right? But if you do the math, that's like 40 people. Yeah. And, and the thing that people need to recognize is that clients, like, like and you said something earlier on, like, the, the thing that people need to think about is like, if you decide that you're going to try this out, and by the way, it's not that difficult. You just have to decide that you're going to do it and give it some work and be uncomfortable with it. But if you try this out and you can make this work, if you can get three people to believe in this, your market goes literally from 20 miles around your office to the world.
1: Yep. Here it comes.
0: You know, here it comes. And like, so this is why, this is why your work is really important for this. This is why what you've done over the last, you know, 18 years of your career is really important for this because, you know, you have people in your course and in, uh, in your, in your, that, that know that this is possible. And so, you know, it's only up to the imagination. And, and again, like, <clears throat> of all the things that I think that you and I can connect on, you know, obviously, like, you're, you're at one end of the spectrum and I'm on the other. While there's not really that much that separates us, there is enough that separates us to where if people didn't actually understand our personalities. Yeah, they'd go, yeah I don't know if Robert and Sean would get along. You know, like I mean, look at that. Look at that long flowing curly hair that Robert's got. Look at that fucking bald ass dome that Sean has. Right? Like and 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 then, you know, people would get kind of caught up in like, well, you're you know, it's really kind of funny because if if we were to again, if we were to look at our if people were just like at the surface of our personalities, they didn't know us as individuals, they'd go, Yeah, look at their personalities. I just don't know if they would get along. And then you kind of look at how Cause, cause you're a, you're a less assuming type A, right? Like I'm a very type A, right? You're a less assuming type A because you have a very, very, you have a very intense personality, but it's in such a way that it's a little bit more unassuming. Like I'm just up in your face. and I don't know how to do anything different. Right. You're in, you're up in people's faces, but it's the delivery method is different. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Because, because you've got a little bit of Southern drawl every once in a while and you got the long hair and you're a little chilled out, but it's the same thing. You possess the same, like, fuck this, I'm going to do it like mentality than I do. And also the thing that I love that you're talking about, because, because a lot of the experts in the industry, right. Are, are not. Uh, vulnerable either and that's one of the other things that I really like I I really respect about you is that there's not a lot of vulnerability right now because what's happening is everybody's like they're ducking and covering right now they're running to their bunkers and they're not being vulnerable about where the thing where everything's at they're falling into the whole like oh it'll be okay we're gonna be all right right and there's nobody like it's, it's honestly one of the things that I'm really most frustrated with, with the entrepreneur group. Like when I look around and I look at the leaders that are not leading right now, and I look at the rest of the industry that are not leading.
1: I mean, for me right now, it's kind of like, uh, what is it? Uh, speak softly, but carry a big stick. Something yeah. like
0: that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like, I could go on and say stuff. But, you know, I'm in a different position because for the last three years, I've been skewering online education. For sure. Not all of my revenue stream is gone because people are still subscribing. Yeah. They're home alone. Like, you know, to make a long story short, I'm trying to push right now into online education even harder because everybody's at home. Yeah. So I don't want to rub that in people's faces, especially when people are destitute and struggling.
0: Well, I mean, also, to be fair, though. Like, you're asking for seven bucks a month, right? Like,
1: Dude, I listen, mean, I, if there is anything that I have fought people on, it is that. Listen, my staff, people who work with me, I mean, close proximity, just like you and I having this conversation, they're like, Robert, you have to raise the fee on that subscription service. And I'm like, no. And they're like, but you're not making any money. And I'm like, the money I pay you with as an independent contractor comes from the goddamn subscription.
0: Like, so if I am you don't
1: money. understand. I'm but not yeah. trying to hit. I realize this. I'm not even trying to hit the U.S. marketplace.
0: Global. Yeah, yeah,
1: global. It's I, and I'm telling you, I've told people this. I'm like, we when I when I gave away my free workbook years ago it was my first venture into online stuff, and I had thousands of people download the workbook. And at that time, we collected data on like what countries they were in. I made a Google map and I put pins all over it for every country. And I was most frustrated because Sub-Saharan Africa had the lowest download rates. Sure. And right now I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, I want someone in Sub-Saharan Africa to video message me and tell me that they're helping people in their village because they're studying with me online. And it's like, your local school is not providing that education. I am from my garage. I understand it. I'm pushing I'm doing all I can, and it's like speak softly, carry a big stick. It's like it doesn't have to make sense initially. So here's what I tell people: it's like because initially you're crazy, but when you make a lot of money, you can become rich. Oh, he's eccentric. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. All it's of a like, becomes you know, you know, right? yeah. So for me, um, I did a, like a little preview earlier of our, our vault and our subscription service, and then the business section. Um, I'll take recordings or videos I've made, and I had one where I talked about the Grateful Dead. I, I never saw the Grateful Dead live, but I love the Grateful Dead's music for sure. of reasons. And the thing is, it's like, oh, uh, hippie, because when I walk into a room, they're like, oh, it's like the Big Lebowski showed up, right,
0: right, 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 right. It's like
1: the tumbling tumbleweed, you know? Yeah, just, yeah,
0: yeah, just cool. yeah,
1: yeah. smoke the J or whatever, yeah, yeah. you yeah, know? Yeah. And it's like the Grateful Dead are the quintessential kind of hippies, for sure, right? But it's like uh, the Grief of Dead were anarchists, man.
0: Right, for the sure.
1: Dead like did a lot of drugs, like blew a lot of minds, traveled around the country. It's like could you say they were lazy?
0: Jerry no. Garcia
1: was right. dead, right? For like twenty years, right? And the remaining members of the Dead got together in Chicago with Trey from Fish, and they made like thirty million dollars in a weekend. It's like because they cultivated their fans, they played without a net, they improvised, Go they on, built bro. a fan base, and then what? The, the, here's the thing. Like, I, I love this because the reason I got so into The Grateful Dead was live recordings that some head somewhere during the era of blanks and postage would send me. The Grateful Dead, you know, basically <laughs> having recording contracts, whatever, when the technology got good enough – People started sneaking in recording equipment to record the live shows, which were sure. all different. And I can I have heard stories about this where like people went to Jerry and like, Jerry, people are recording the show. And he's like, probably on drugs <laughs> and going, Sure. Well, I don't own the music after it goes out of the speakers. Like, who gives a shit? You know? Because they're just they just look at it that way. But what happened was they created a sort of pre-internet viral marketing where people they allowed taping now. People came in with their recording equipment, but they were distributing all that stuff before the era of the internet, building rabid fans.
0: Yeah. I mean, so, you know, obviously in our lifetime, the probably a band that we can talk about that along with fish, that was Dave yeah. Matthews, yeah. right? Dave Matthews was the same way, mm-hmm. you know, the vaults, you know, that was, that was the, the subscription in the nineties. Yep. You know, I mean like, and there would be bootleg copies of Dave's, you know, and and the the thing the other thing that I that I think that we both appreciate is long game, right? Because there's people that we know that play. I don't know if that I can even call it short game. It's shorter than short game. It's like micro game, right? Because it's all transaction. Yeah. And I was talking about I was talking to Norbachek, because Norbachek and I, so you know it's funny because I wanted I wanted to say this and 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 if there was one thing that that I have to thank you personally for because. I don't know that we've ever talked about this. I was actually in the entrepreneur group before you actually asked me to come in and I got out because I didn't like some of the shit that I saw. <laughs> and then you asked me to come back in again. And not only did you ask me to come in, you asked me to come in multiple times.
1: Yeah.
0: And then I came back in or I came in again, unbeknownst to you. Right. Because I, I was in there and I was just kind of on the DL. I was just, cause like, oh boy, it's not going to be, it's not going to make me popular. I don't like massage therapists very much. Like as a group, I don't like them. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of people that don't like me for this. So like, you know, we're going to watch like the three people that watch this part of it. Right. And then it's going to go to like 0.25. <laughs> right? Your metrics are going to be pretty quick on this one. You're like, fuck, I'm not going to have him back on again. You know? So, um, but you know, like, but the one thing that I have to do, the one thing I have to say is that um, your ability to, to, to allow the group to kind of do its thing, and I have become very, very, very good friends with Norbachev. Very good friends. I, if I don't get a message from that fucker before 6 o'clock in the morning Central Standard Time, I message him and make sure that he's okay. We talk all day. The only two people that I talked to more is my wife and my son because they live with me. Right? And so I have to thank you for that because I have made a very good friend in someone who I shouldn't be friends with by the way cuz he's an evil fucker. Right? <laughs> like he 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 represents the opposite end of the spectrum of anything that I even would have wanted to talk about. I remember when he first came popped up in the entrepreneur group And I started watching him like, Oh, this bastard. Yeah. Freaking marketing. Didn't own a practice. Doesn't know what he's talking about. Groupon son of a bitch. You know, like, and then, and then I watched one of his Groupon posts and I was like, Oh man, dude, this guy is smart as shit. Mm -hmm. And so I have to thank you for actually like allowing the group to do what it does because I've made a friend that is, legit like so here's how i classify friends i have lots of acquaintances but here's a friend to me a friend is somebody that i, I would take my my uh pen thermometer and stick it in your eyeball for <laughs> and Norbachek is one of those guys yeah right and so it's a really interesting thing and it's so funny because like he messaged me uh two Januarys ago and when i was when I, was, when I did that kind of, uh, when, when Seth bones, Seth Godin's this is marketing book came out and I was doing the daily, like I'm just going to post on the daily, this content because I want to show you what it can do. And he messaged me like, I, I don't know. I was on day like 29 or something like that. He goes, you know, what he goes, Hey man, I just want to let you know that I really like what you do. And we were at, I was at odds with this guy, you know, like I was like, there's no way I'm going to like that dirty marketer guy. And then we have become, I mean, really good friends. Yeah. So, but we were talking about this earlier on today. Like, like, you know, there's, <clears throat> there's, there's definitely um, something to be said for people who can in times of crisis stick their head up. And I've made this, I've made this analogy, right? Like, and I've talked about it on my sustainable coaching practices page. And I've talked about it every once in a while in my free classes. I see all these people, and i by the way, when I say this i don 't count you as one of these people because because you 've provided a platform that i like the the shit that you tolerate on the daily i would <laughs> I would never put up with well like,
1: I try to figure it out like entrepreneurs is a weird thorn on my side, like i yeah try to like to me it's a lot like america like, sure anti vaxxers and yeah tin oil foil hat tin yeah. Oil.
0: You know,
1: and you go, ah, this is the best we can do. Like yeah. how much control do I really, you know, try to manifest there?
0: And it's See? like, yeah. But, but it's the beautiful part about the thing though. Right. Because like, I like, there, I don't know that we would have got past 12 people in the group. <laughs> it feels up to me. <laughs> right. Well, there's many times I want to go and like change the banner to like massage entrepreneurs. Right. 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 <laughs> but. But, but it's an interesting thing, though, I mean, because like and you know, I mean, as I launched my course, you know, obviously, I reached out to you and I was like, and and this is the funny thing, because a lot of people don't roll this way. Um, i I was actually just having a conversation with one of the pitchers that I work with. Um, I'm going to be on a podcast tomorrow, and uh, a baseball podcast tomorrow, And um, the thing that people won't understand about me until you see me in this fashion is uh, my martial arts background. Um, I'm very much a guest when I'm in other people's places, right? And Norbachek and I go back and forth on this a little bit, but this is the way I was, this is the way I, th- I think of stuff. So when I went down to Top Velocity in Covington, uh, I went in and, and my client was down there and his family paid for me to go down there and work with him while he was there. They paid quite a bit of money for him to be there and paid quite a bit of money for me to be there. You know, right. And so I went in and um, I didn't know Brent from anybody. I'd seen him a lot online and I thought he was a really cool personality online, but cool personality online and cool personality in person are two different things. And so I went into the facility and I was a guest. I showed up, sat down for four hours and watched and shut up. And that's going to be a really weird thing for people to understand about me because they just see this extroverted talking head all the time. And that's the way I feel about the entrepreneur group because I'm a guest in your place. And so when I launched my coaching platform, I knew I didn't have to ask for permission, by the way, because I, you and I had talked enough. We have an amicable enough. We have enough respect be, be between each other. But what did I do? I called you up and said, hey, I want to do this. And then how long? It took me like two weeks before I actually put a post on. Why? Because I'm a guest. And so the thing that I really respect is that, um, is that you've, you've created that group and good God, is there all factions of the whole, I mean, it is definitely, it is a melting pot of the industry. Yep. Um, but if people really seek help, if they really want help, they can go to that group and get it because, oh my God, what questions do you have? all you all you have to have all you have to do is there's this really fancy little thing called the search option <laughs> all you have to do is and you can go back and find tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of dollars of coaching yeah. in that group and that's a pretty cool thing i mean yeah. it's, it's a pretty cool thing
1: free resources the other thing yeah. is and I, it's weird because um even though i'm the admin i started the and I feel like half the people there don't even know who I am. Right. And I, and I post regularly. It just depends on whether they're interested in what I'm doing or not. And it's like, it doesn't really matter. It's right. Like, um, you know, it's like flipping an FM dial and just finding the song and figuring out whether you're a fan of some band. It's like,
0: it doesn't, right. it doesn't really matter. I
1: just keep putting out songs and just doing my right. thing. Right. Um, the business itself and the group, it's like, it all depends on what you put into it. For sure. Um, One thing I know about myself is I have a spiritual fervor behind massage and body work, whatever uh-huh. you want to call it. Uh-huh. Like yeah. the way we help people with pain, uh, mobility, those are my two main things. Yeah. Um, I have a religious fervor about it. And then after the pandemic hit, for instance, um, a young lady called me and said, Hey, my husband's a military vet. He's having problems. And I was like, oh, What are you doing tomorrow? Now, I, you know, she's like, she said something about telehealth or whatever. And it's only been since the pandemic, by the way, last three weeks. For sure. That I've even, even heard the word telehealth.
0: For sure. Yeah, yeah.
1: Much less like it was a legitimate thing. And all I did was get online, show him how to use a foam roller, show him how to use a tennis ball, which he had. In 30 minutes, he reduced by two points on a pain scale.
0: Sure. Life-changing for that
1: dude. And it's like, there are sessions I give that are three hours long that the person only reduces by two points on a pain scale. Right. I know it's possible. I've known it was possible. The problem is I I was having to drag the massage industry online. For sure. Drag them into social media, drag them into online education. For sure. I can't learn anything online. And I'm like,
0: ooh,
1: wee, man, this is going to be trial trial. Yeah. Full time I'm like Robert. I know they're doubters. Just go, exhaust all resources, continue teaching, and find your people.
0: Well, we're gonna we're gonna do a really interesting thing here because I'll tell you how um, this works from outside of the uh, from the industry uh, in another very niche niche market. Okay, so the jujitsu community is as weird, if not weirder, than the uh, massage industry but I will tell you, and I'm going to, I'm going to show the people right now. Oh, hold on. Let me go back. Sorry. Come on. This, this website is doing too good of a job with its, its uh, upsells. So let me go in here now. Where's my videos. Okay. So one, two, three, four, five. So if you look into my feed here, you can only see like these five videos here, those five videos there. Were one ninety seven a piece. I bought a grand worth of instructionals yeah. from a world class jujitsu guy.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, fifteen years ago, that was like you know only the best of the best had online instructionals. And now, I mean, granted, Donohue's the best of the best. But um, I will spend another. Grand next year, right? Probably more because his instructionals are so damn good. Like, I'm a fan of his now. And the thing that the massage industry needs to recognize is that, well, because here's the thing like, people will tell you that jujitsu cannot be taught online. Now, there is something to be said for that because there's like, you can only drill so much on the dummy, right? The dummy doesn't give you, it doesn't give you. Uh, 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 live resistance. It doesn't give you aliveness as they call it, as we call it. Right. And now, you know, yes, there's, there's something to be said for human touch, right? There's also something to be said for someone who can get online with you, be a willing participant in the things that are going on with you, demonstrate compassion and, 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 and you know, empathy for you in your thing and help you provide solutions. There's value in that. And, and that's the thing that the industry has to wrap its brain around. Because again, like I said, we are at a cornerstone in history. It's right here. Now, is it for everybody? Nope. It's not for everybody. Just like, just like relaxation massage. Sure in the hell isn't for me. Right. Just like I, I have zero interest in cupping. Right. Now, are those two modalities or are those two delivery methods, in, uh, 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 do they not have value? Both of them has, have absolute value, but they're just not good for me. But how do I know that, how do I know that, that uh, uh, relaxation massage isn't good for me? Because I tried it on for three years and lied to myself and figured out that I wasn't good at it. Yeah. Right? I just know that for me, like, I'm not interested in, in like, tools. Right. So, cause I do movement reeducation, but that doesn't mean that the, the massage therapist that I hired previous to that, she does a lot of cupping. And I was really excited to have her on board because I think it's a viable modality. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like.
1: I've seen it before. There was a, a student in our subscription. This has been a year or two ago. Um, <clears throat> as I talked to subscribers, she was having a problem with her hands because uh-huh. the therapists are working on a table compressing yeah. their hands. Yeah developing carpal tunnel issues. And I, you know, at that time, I think it was over Facebook live. um, I said, yeah, I'll just show you how to work on yourself. And they're like, what? And I'm like, well, it's free. You don't have anything to lose. And then I work with her and I was showing her how to basically take her knee on a mat, put it in her forearm. For sure. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. You could see the videos in the vault. You could see the look on her face when she's like, Oh my God.
0: That worked.
1: Like, how did this guy know this? And I'm like, I've done this 9 million times. Sure. Like to 90%, you know, like 10% was the online portion. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, it's just like the veteran when I work with him and you can see him go, how the hell did this guy, this kind of weird hippie guy show me how to work on myself online. You know, for me working at a chiropractor's office, I'll never forget just going to an anatomy chart and saying, listen, you got these muscles over here, they just a little bit tight along your spine. It's you know, this muscle, that muscle. And they go, Wow, I've never had a massage therapist educate me before.
0: Essential I mean, anatomy five. Yeah. I use it every day in my practice. That
1: to me was like the the failure of the massage industry.
0: Yeah, for sure. The the,
1: the, the bottom it was the the boundaries, the expectations were set so low. Right that I only had to perform to hear right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can, yeah. So, you know, I mean, again, is it for everybody? No, it's not for everybody. Well, and by and large, it's not for everybody is because if you stay within the purview of the industry, then you're not going to be able to break beyond that. And the two things that I, the the two things that I talk about that I think that are most important for massage therapists, if they're going to, to get better at all, I don't care. If you're going to deal with injuries, here's the two things you got to get better at. You got to get better at interviewing. So you have to be able to drag information out of your client in a way that we're not taught in school. Because what are we taught in school? And, and I was, it was funny because I was talking to this acupuncturist early on today. I had mentioned that uh, in part one. And um, we were talking about like how school is just enough to make sure that you don't kill somebody essentially. Yep. Right. It doesn't matter if it's chiropractic. It doesn't matter if it's PT. It doesn't matter if it's, it doesn't matter across the board. It's just enough to make you safe, right? But outside of that, those are skills that you have to put together on your own. And and being able to interview a a, a client is one of the most difficult things that massage therapists deal with. They're not able to do that because what are we taught in school? And most people are not like you and I. They're they're rule followers. I'm bad at following rules. Um, I mean, if if you track the history of my life, I don't follow rules. I mean. (laughs) skateboarder right and by the way pre 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 x games and pre tony hawk pro skater
1: yeah right
0: so pre before it became cool back when you you know on the regular you ran from cops not because you broke into someplace or stole something because you're riding your damn skateboard down the sidewalk right so i'm a rule breaker as far as back as i can possibly think so um but but you know the, the the thing that we have to remember is that is that in massage land, if you're a traditional therapist, then what happens? What do they teach you in school? You have an allotted time. You need to get as much lotion spread on that client. And that allotted time as you possibly can and don't go a second over, but don't go, don't end your session a session bef- a second before. And don't talk to your client because you're going ruin, to ruin their vibe. Right. Don't don't try and get fancy on them, and talk talk over the top of them too. Like make sure that you've make sure that they know that you're smart, and and those are the reasons why it's so difficult for people to break out of this. Because God, man, what people don't realize is in times of crisis, people just need real people, yep. right? They need people that are transparent and authentic, and and care and are willing to go through struggle you know, like, like just like they are. And, and I think that, you know, right now that's what the industry needs and collectively as humanity, that's what we need. And we, we can provide that, that role and that value because you know, like, so you do three hour sessions. I do 45 minute sessions, regardless of the time, it's exponentially more than they spend with any other healthcare practitioner outside of personal trainers, right? Exponentially more. My wife is a nurse, midwife, nurse practitioner. The OBs get pissed because she spends 20 minutes with a patient, you know, like 20 minutes with a patient talking about pregnancy, Yeah, 20 minutes with a patient talking about female health. Like, and that's like, they're the, they're the, the man, you guys spend a lot of time with your patients, you know? And so like, I don't know. I'm not good at math, but I know that 45 is more than 20. And I know that, three hours is a lot more than 20. So what you choose to do with that time is completely up to you. Now you can follow what the industry does and you can, you, you know, you can stay within your purview or you can choose to educate your client. You can choose to create a relationship with your client and like create a healthy relationship with your client, create a relationship with your client that allows them to go take advantage and take ownership of their own body. Right. And people go like, this is my other favorite one. It's like, and you've and you've alluded to this somewhere somewhere before it's they the educators talk about it with students but really it's the same thing they go well if i show them how to help themselves Uh, will they come back to me as clients well of course they will why because you actually did something for them that nobody else does yeah
1: you know there's no shortage of pain um massage therapists pre-pandemic You know, we, we deal with pain. Most massage therapists would agree. Even relaxation sessions help people with pain.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah. There's an Oxycontin epidemic. People are in pain and there's no assistance. Like there's no, like, I'm just talking about soft tissue. Right. Dude, listen, I try to explain to people. I'm like, listen, I mash on people for a living. Right. Just find an area of tight tissue and go, Hey, what's this? bring your nervous system's awareness to it that's about as simple as it gets yep now it's very fancy mashing right (laughs) it's skilled practiced yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah
1: but at the same time it's like it's
0: still mashing
1: yeah it's like talking about um food and food is something I, i didn't become a chef because i wanted to massage your body work but you know food comes in fast food drive through but here's what i wanted to do iron chef
0: right Six
1: course, French meal, reductions, right. sauces. And here's what right. happens. People hang out longer and they communicate and forge connections over food. And the depth of that connection is deeper. And I was like, sure. I want this in bodywork. Why doesn't this exist? And it was like, well, you have to create it.
0: For sure. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I, my my hope is that. and And so here's something that I've said. I think I've said it in the Facebook, uh, on, on the Entrepreneurs Group and Alive, but I'll say it again for, you know, the point two five people that have stayed around for this long for me. <laughs> um, so, you know, this is the, the things that people see in their practice right now, the difficulties that they have, they're not COVID problems. Those are problems that existed before COVID. Mm-hmm. COVID just exacerbated the problem.
1: Exposed.
0: Exposed. thing is, New Orleans, like
1: people, you know, New Orleans, oh, Katrina. And I was like, whoa whoa, 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 whoa. The levees failed. Right. The levees failed because the the infrastructure had not done what it needed to do to protect the city. Now, granted, it was a natural disaster. Yeah. But it exposed the poverty. It exposed the stuff that had already been there. They acted like drugs just suddenly showed up in New Orleans. I'm like...
0: (laughs) See, this is a really interesting thing. This is a really interesting thing, and I think that this is why you and I connect so well. Because we're from the same environment. In that, so you lived in, and I've been. So it's so funny because I, I when I was in uh, Louisiana, and I drove around Covington and even into like over where the airport is. I said to my client who's from Minnesota, and and have have you been to Minneapolis?
1: No, not Minneapolis.
0: All right, okay. So Minneapolis is a really weird thing. So there's 16 Fortune 500 companies that are headquartered in Minneapolis. We have seven $1 million zip codes in, in the Twin Cities. The money that, I mean, like $100 bills fall out of people's pockets. And for people like you and I, who come from areas that, again, dude, I, now I haven't been into New Orleans proper, but I've seen enough stuff. Like, go into New Orleans proper. Go around New Orleans. There was an ass load of money there at one point in time. There was opulence there, and then there wasn't. And Detroit is the same way, right? Michigan is the same way. Uh, Ohio, as much as it, you know, I mean, it's that state down south, so I won't talk about it very much. Um, But Ohio, and and so this is a funny thing, like people from, again, the 0.25 people that stay on, the the, the 0.75 of those 0.25 that's from Ohio, they'll understand what I'm talking about. But Ohio, if you go to like the eastern end of Ohio towards Pennsylvania, Cause what do you get over there? You get towards the steel industry in the mills the, and in the, in uh, the mines, like you get into Eastern Ohio and there was money there and it's gone. And so the thing that when you're, when you were starting to talk about, like you were just talking about like uh new Orleans and Louisiana and, and that around there, I drive around Covington and I'm like, well shit other than gators and humidity that I don't like, this feels like Michigan to me. Yep. Because what you have, have you been into Michigan at all?
1: Not Michigan specifically. Okay.
0: All right. No. Okay. So, so see, if you got into Wisconsin, Wisconsin would feel a little bit more like Michigan than like Illinois does, but there's parts of Illinois that kind of feel like Michigan, but because of Chicago and there's some economic stability in Chicago, um, you kind of, you kind of lose it a little bit because there's something to kind of grab onto what you have in what you, it was what you have in Louisiana is a very similar thing that you have in, in Michigan in that there was something there an industry left and then there's the the fallout because of that and then you have a bunch of people who decided to stay around that are resilient as hell and and are are proud and blue collar and and gritty and abrasive and and then also at the same time humble and welcoming and all of those things, it's a really weird thing, you know? And so it's, it, when you were talking about Louisiana, and, and I think that's one of the other. So I think Seth and Gary are, are, are ways that we connect. But I think because we're, we're from very similar roots and 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 you have to make it there. If I, When I came to Minneapolis, I laughed, right? Because I was like, I could take anybody from Detroit and stick them in Minneapolis and they would make it. I don't know that I could take people from Minneapolis and stick them in. <laughs> yeah, and and you could take people from you could take people from Louisiana because I've been to Austin enough times. You could take people from Louisiana and stick them in Austin, and they would make it. Now, as gritty and as weird as Austin wants to pretend it is, you couldn't take people from Austin and stick them in Louisiana and make it.
1: Oh man, listen, New Orleans was. <sighs> dude it's, it's hard it's hard hard because the thing is it's like you're you're explaining or trying to explain poverty yeah and the poverty in america it's like when i moved from baton rouge you grow up there you're used yeah. to the cultural context
0: yeah you know? yeah yeah
1: then i moved to pennsylvania rural pennsylvania to york for sure and i was driving down the highway and i was like It took a month, and I was like, oh my God, these are the whitest people I've ever been around in my entire life. I was like, there is no gumbo, no juve, no jazz, no (laughs) funk, no soul. I was like, these people got the Amish, and they're making butter. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) And the thing is, that tenacity, that street-level, like, Master P, get rich or die trying, hustle, slinging rocks, build a record label, rap, you know, that thing had just been... I don't know, culturally just ingrained in me. Like, you know, that that struggle to survive and thrive. Now, I transported it to to Austin after Hurricane Katrina
0: to sort
1: of escape some of that poverty and know where money already was. Cause it didn't, I couldn't fight the overall culture.
0: For sure, yeah.
1: Being able to be in a position where you just go, can I make it? Can I make enough money to take care of my family? Can I continue helping people? And what's the easier way? So, for instance, one of the things about therapists when it comes to, like, business, and I talk to them about target markets, they're like, well, it's for everybody. And I'm like, you got to sell it to people who can afford it. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I have, you know, a $240 three-hour session. Not everybody can afford that. And they're like, well, what if I do if I can't afford it? I'm like, I created an event called Time Massage Jam where I give it away for almost free every Thursday night for the last eight years. It's the same thing. Right. It's just packaged in a slightly different way where I teach the public how to work on each other. Yeah. But that sort of tenacity is, I mean, it's the underbelly, underbelly of New Orleans. Like I was talking to somebody else about it recently. It was getting kind of teary about it because I miss it so much for sure. But the, well, the, the poverty a- and the frustration that cultural context gives new Orleans part of its charm. Yeah. It's like, we got to make do with what we got. And we made gumbo. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. No dude. Like, you know, there's, cause there's a, there's a, there's an authenticity and a vulnerability that comes from that. Like I went down South and I walked in, like, you know, I'm going into the subway in Covington. Right. And other than the accent, that lady at the subway in Covington was the same lady in Michigan in the subway. Right. Like you're going to lose more people right now. When I say this, Um, (laughs) those people are not the same as the people in Minneapolis.
1: Yeah
0: right it's not the same thing and there's not the same like desire and grit and hustle and and like you know like despite the economy i made it despite the economy you made it right now you had a national disaster we had an economic fallout right but the 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 and you had an economic disaster to a place that already had an economic disaster right like you had a you had a You had a, uh, you know, a weather situation to a place that already was struggling. Right. So, you know, what do you do? You know, you just pick back up and you dust yourself off and you get back on the horse again. Yeah. You know, culturally trying to explain New Orleans
1: to people, you know, having grown up in the area, like it was, it's, culture is a weird thing. It's like, yeah, I don't live in Buenos Aires.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Cultural, cultural context. It's hard to explain unless you've been in it. But trying to explain to people, I'm like, listen, New Orleans probably has more in common with Haiti than it does the rest of the United
0: States. For sure, yeah. (laughs) Like,
1: you know, it was hard. Like, I had friends come down. This is one of my favorite stories. I had friends come down after I got out of massage school to New Orleans, pre-Katrina, and we went to Jazz Fest. Yeah. We had a crash course in Louisiana culture, and I'll never forget being on a riverboat at a show. There's a brass band on the upper deck playing and dancing on the river. You know, chemical plant, chemical plant, chemical plant, all the lights, and my friend just going, man, I had no idea. And I'm like, I told you. I was like, this shit is not America, bro. Like, this is a whole other cultural landscape. The tenacity, and I think um, the supporting the little guy. Sure. That's where massage entrepreneurs came from. That's yep. where the hustle comes from. It's like the guy would dream. It's why I have, you know, a two-hour consult with somebody who's in our subscribers group. They're only paying seven bucks. It's like I'm trying to find the people, the underdogs who are fighting to, to get their piece of the American dream. For sure. There's so much. I mean, it is a frustrating situation, but there's so much potential if yeah. people will just break out of the normal bounds. Like I talked to sure. some people about video production because social media is a big, you know, a big deal for me. And it's interesting to me because again and again, it's like I thought I was teaching body work. And then I thought I was teaching business. And then I figured out I was teaching self-esteem Yep. because yep. they go, no, but people are going to judge me. And I'm like, those people are fucking losers. Why yep. do you care what they think? Yep. Do you, have you ever gone, I've never done this. Have you ever gone on the YouTube, found something you didn't like and go, I don't like this.
0: <laughs> nope. It's
1: like, that's a waste of my
0: life. Well, it's, it's, and the funny thing about it is like people are unafraid, like they're afraid. Like, so I had an asshole on Pitching <laughs> Nerd. Um and I gave him two chances. Right? He wanted to come in and dick swing on my post. So, so now you're a guest. Right? Let's go back to that guest conversation. You're a guest. Treat it as a guest. I don't give a shit that we're on the internet. Cuz you know what I have the ability to do? To block you, dick. And also by the way, like so he comes in, he's, you know, has this uh biomechanics degree, which is about as worth about as much as this sticky note if we're going to be honest. Right. <laughs> so great. You spend an assload of money to go to school. Like it's like, it's the conversation that, that uh, you know, will hunting has in the bar uh, in goodwill hunting. Right. I mean, that's what it is. Right. You know? Yeah. Oh, great. You're going to, you're going to plagiarize the whole book for me. I read that book too, you know? And so, um, you know, he comes in, tries to pontificate about the foot. By the way, I spent 96 class hours on a top, on in a CEU that's largely based around this thing, 96 class hours on top of the old, on top of the independent study that I've done. Now, I'm not an expert, but I know a lot of shit about this thing that I didn't know three years ago, right? And I can talk to you a lot about it, especially in application. So it comes in and decides he's gonna be, a, he's gonna be an expert. I gave him one shot. He comes back in again, wants to talk condescending to me. You know what you get? <laughs> you get booted, blocked. <laughs> and then he comes on my face, on my on my personal Instagram. Do you delete your page? Delete that thing too, man. You want to be a dick? You get to get booted out of the club, yeah. right? And that's the thing that people don't get. Like you have the choice, you have the ability to like choose the people who are in your uh, that are your fans. Yep. Right. And like, now if that guy came in and said, Hey, look, you know, I was thinking about X, Y, and Z, you know, what do you think about this? I am willing to have civil discourse until the day's gone. Like, I love it. I, I love, I mean, that's the best thing about Norbachek and I, right? Like we disagreed for probably the first two years that we knew each other. Right. And by the way, I have called that guy names that nobody else would put up with. And he's called me names that nobody else would put up. Right. (laughs) Like legit, you know, like on the regular, I call that guy an asshole and a bastard. Right. Like, and I mean it in, in the most affectionate terms possible. Right. So like, I am all for civil discourse, but the thing that people, I mean, you know, they want to talk about going online or whatever it is and they're concerned about what everybody else thinks, you know, like, I'm man, like, it doesn't matter because that one person or those two people who have nothing better to do, by the way, the people, when I post in, you know, like in the Colorado massage therapy group and they laugh at the idea of online, well, look, pal, I'm sorry that you don't actually have imagination and you can't think about it. So when you're bitching about not getting your unemployment check and I'm making money, like, let's see who's laughing now, bro. Yep. You know?
1: The yeah. um, distribution I realized at some point when I was theoretically like looking at what I did and like, well, what is it? Is it tie? Is it not tie? Like, I, you know, I was going through all of that and then you realize, okay, one of the distinctions, Robert, your work primarily, close on, map-based. Right. It looks totally different. And then I went, Robert, you can film right. and photo document everything. Right, right, right. And once I hit that, I went, oh my God. Like I'd hold up my phone and go, listen, guys, the printing press led to the Protestant Reformation. It completely restructured society. What this is going to do is going to dwarf anything that the Protestant Reformation did. Yep. It's a small personal computer in your pocket that allows audio and video distribution for free to a global audience.
0: What would you have done? Now we're going to be old guys and get off my lawn here for a second. What I tell my son this all the time. Do you know what I would have done with that thing at 14? Mm. Holy shit, right? Like, put that in your hands at 14 or 15 or 16. Like, I mean, think about what you would have done with that. I mean, like, it's incredible. I was trying to figure out how to make money out in the country when I was a kid. Give me the access to this, right? Like, I mean, give me the access to eBay when I was a kid. Dude, I'd have flipped everything I possibly could and to my parents' house, right? Man, I got this rock. It comes from the country. You need this rock, city folk, right? Like this is a country rock. It's not the same rock that you have in the city, city folk, right? And I'll sell it to you for 45 cents and we'll do an eBay auction for it and I'll take as low as 25 cents. But it was 25 cents more than I had. And so this thing here, And I mean, we all run into the same problems. Like we all run into the same issues, right? Eventually we get in our own way, you know? Um, Like, but I mean, it's bananas, dude. It's a game changer. And and,
1: they're always like, I think they're a little too concerned about making it perfect. And I'm like, no, no, man, listen, get up every day. and Just make it better.
0: Yeah. So, so let's talk about,
1: let's talk about perfect. Let's talk about what, if you you practice Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, you still practice for sure. Yeah. Is your practice going to be different six months from now? it should be a year from now it should be it's a practice and yeah. that's the whole it's an, art right. it's an art form because right. it's 30 yes. years it change oh yes. yeah he's known for
0: his blue period yeah
1: it changes yeah yeah just document the process just take it yeah. your phone show them what you're doing and like i i literally do this they're, they're so worried about it and i'm like dude listen i'm like oh i got a weird hole or you know i got a zit today oh my god it's like the worst day ever I'm in the middle of covid and i got a zit i wouldn't want to die <laughs> right right yeah it becomes fodder for your fans to come along with your journey and learn with
0: yeah try doing it with this package man it's it's way diff more difficult we're doing it with this fucking package right like <laughs> i mean bald head crooked nose from getting it broke skateboarding when i was a kid one tooth missing here from an elbow crooked teeth like yeah man Years like this, kind of cauliflower over here, yeah, it's great. This is a great package to work with, you know. <laughs> Abrasive personality, super Type A, intense. Everybody loves that, you but know.
1: In the end, it also allows distribution to find your people for so sure. Let's look at it this way: Let's say you had hardcore students, and you only had two per state. That's a yeah. hundred hardcore students. If hardcore students were paying you a thousand dollars a piece, and you have a hundred of them, you just make a pretty decent dollars. Yeah, that's okay. It's yeah. only two people a state yeah. and that's not to mention the fact that you have access to a global audience.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing that's blown me away with my free class. You know like yeah. when I started to get in people internationally like the first guy I got in was from from Denmark and I was like, "Oh shit. Yep. This is kind of a thing, you know?" And now I have students internationally. So that means I'm an expert now. I have international students, you know. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I, mean, I, he teaches in Denmark. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, you know, you got, I got people, I got internet. And it was so funny. You came in, I was like, I have international money now. Right. So, you know, I mean, but, but when you think about it, like, like we'll talk about, uh, about perfect. Right. So I started this, by the way, this coaching thing wasn't this, this plat, online platform was not something I was even intended to do eight weeks ago. Right. I stumbled into this thing. And then after Ortiz posted on the, on the group, you know, that he took my course and he really liked it. I had 300 people sign up within like 96 hours.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Like, and like I went from my duct tape and toothpick system that I had imploded upon me. And then (laughs) one morning, one, three o'clock in the morning, I did a heavy kettlebell or I did a high volume kettlebell set. And oftentimes if I don't eat before I go to bed and I did eat before I went to bed but I I woke up and I was hungry and I can't go back to sleep again until I eat again. So I woke up, I was hungry. I came out here, got a bowl of granola and uh, my, um, my brain was on overload because I converted a bunch of people. And uh, in that time I, I sat down and I put together this mind map. You can't see it now because it's all fucking, you know, like it doesn't work. But anyways, I put together that mind map in like an hour and I realized that I needed to hire an assistant because if I was going to go forward with this anymore, it was going to blow up on me. And of course it blew up on me. Right. Uh, four days later, what I was afraid was going to happen did happen because I didn't have an infrastructure in place. And now we're rebuilding the infrastructure and putting it in place. Like, and I bet you, cause you've done this for three years with, with. No,
1: it's uh, always broken, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, you can, you can go on and on and on and on and on about it, but as you go, you just adapt. And as you get bigger, now the average massage therapist, the barrier that they're gonna have is whether they use Square or Stripe or PayPal, whether they use Mind Body or Acuity or you know Booker or whatever the hell else they want to use, whether they use Zoom, FaceTime, Google Hangouts, like those are the problems that they'll have. Do they use MailChimp or some other newsletter? Like those are the problems that will help. They'll never have because the average massage therapist isn't going to try and scale to the to the degree that I have, and and then more so the degree that you have, you know. So you know, I mean, like it's never perfect, man. Like and you and like it and when it does get perfect, be ready. Yeah, it's going to break soon.
1: Yeah,
0: just when you have. I mean,
1: a, I'm not a tech worker. I huh? I got into massage and body work because I wanted to connect with people. Yeah, for sure. To help them. And then even I, initially, the, not that people don't, I don't think they really understand this. There was a point I said, I'm running my practice. I'm like, I can't teach online. That's not even possible. That's like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. What am I to do? Teach tango online? Right. You don't teach martial arts online. Right. You're right. your fucking mind. And right. then what do I do now? I teach online. Because here's the right. thing. Let's say it's 70%. I'll just make up a percentage. Can you teach 70% globally? Right. Because when you have subscribers in Australia and you're like, Wow. But people are giving me success stories. I screenshot them where they're like, they'll just take a free carpet on a class I gave away recently. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll just write me and go, wow, I really like your teaching style. It's very like plain, like matter of fact. And here's what happened. You know, when you talk about um the worst thing about Katrina was the fact that I we were completely helpless. Sure. I couldn't do anything for people in New Orleans. I I love you. I love you. Everything you've given America and your culture and your food, everything you've given me, but I couldn't do anything because I wasn't going to get in a goddamn boat and paddle down in New Orleans and try to rescue people. Yeah. So what happened when COVID hit is I went, okay, hold on, what do I got? And I'm like, I got a carpal tunnel class. Like nobody's signed up, barely signed up for it. I gave away like 700 copies of that course within a week. Sure. When I told it up, because we normally charge seventy dollars, that was forty nine thousand dollars worth of class stuff that I gave away for free. And you go, I mean, it's the least I could do, right? Because it's not like I have to reteach it. I'm just pressing a button to allow right. I have
0: access, right?
1: And like, listen, when I did, our infrastructure died. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was, there was all kinds of like software integrations that I, to, to this day, like two weeks later, I'm still you know dealing with, but did it help people out? Did it build exposure? Did it let people get to know me? Did it have people want to connect with me, talk yep. with me? Did it foster relationships? It's just like having the podcast you know is is the podcast we're doing good for you right, is it good for me
0: right It's like no, it's good, no, for it's fun. just good, it's yeah. just good, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think those are important things. I think they're all important things and I think that, you know, um giving to the community is is well, again, I mean I think you and I have the same thing as like, you know, this this is give this community this industry, whether it knows it or not, <laughs> for two black sheep, um has given us both so much. You know, like I can't I can't sit back and watch people struggle, you yeah. know? And obviously I also know I'm pragmatic enough to know that you can't help everybody but damn the people that I, that I can help, I want to help. And, and if I can offer that help because yeah. I'm willing to not, I'm willing to be a heretic and I'm willing to not ask permission. Yep. You know, the,
1: the benchmark thing was me going, okay, how about I give you an entire template of everything I do in my practice for free for your first month and for $7 a month thereafter. For sure. Like that's impossible. And I go, Ooh, Okay. I'm a just keep going. They'll okay. figure it out later. Yeah. Just saying, I can't make you use it. and right, apply right, it. I right. can't right. make you dig through it. But, oh, the handful of students, the guys who are willing to dig through the Grateful Dead's vault and go, oh, my God, listen to this show from 74. Oh, my yeah. God, look at what they yeah. did. You know, this was way ahead of its time or whatever. That's the thing. It's like digital distribution is not delivering um, body work. Right. It's delivering information. Yep. And information in the digital age is like, wow. I mean, you know, a mechanic, like anything you want. And I tell students this, because sometimes they have questions that are outside of my scope of knowledge. And I go, listen, go to Google or YouTube and say, how do I?
0: (laughs) X, Y, and Z, yeah. Dude, I remember, there was like
1: a weed eater. I'm not real good with like lawn equipment. I had a weed eater. The weed eater hose like dried and dry rotted and cracked. Yep. And then I I looked up the, the code on the weed eater for its make and model and said, filter, gas, something, you know, other, and I'm not lying. There was a perfect schematic.
0: Yeah. Show where the hoses are. I was like, wow. And a YouTube video to help you change it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: If you're willing to put in the time, you could change it, or you can just take it to the shop and have somebody else do it. But yeah. the information is there available to you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Sure.
1: If you're willing to work with it. And that for was sure. the thing. It's like the uh, other educators, like you don't show them everything, do you? Like it's a trade secret. Right. I'm like, oh I have a problem with that.
0: Right. Because I sure. don't
1: think any of this is a secret. I'm trying to give yep. it away as fast as I can.
0: Dude, it's the human <laughs> well first of all, it's the human body. Do yeah. we really are we that arrogant enough to believe that, you know, we'll say, you know, two thousand years we'll say. Right. Two thousand twenty years. If we just take that little time signature, do we do we really think we're that special that we've created something within the last 2020 years that stands out, that's an asinine situation. You know, like it, nothing for bodywork, nothing's new under the sun. I mean, like we've yeah. all, it's, it's been done a bajillion times. The subscription, the, Robert, you got to charge more.
1: The, the staff, the CE, not, not CE, uh, the, the, the independent contractors that I yeah. have, like you got you to charge more. They're always trying to squeeze my audience for more money. And I'm like, no, no, no. How about, how about a different question? Instead of how do we make more money? It's like, how do we help more people? Right. Ask ask that question with me, very deeply. Yeah. that's where the money comes from. Right. Right. Like, I know they don't understand it, but the thing is, I have a connection with my audience. If right. I lie to them and sell them a bunch of trash, like yeah. I might make some short term profit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But what does it do to my long term
1: legitimacy?
0: Yeah. 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 Well, I just looked at the clock here, my man. And I I think we could do this for, you know, another four hours. And we will
1: eventually. (laughs) We will,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Tell the audience where they can find you again.
0: Yeah, so you can go uh, to Sean Kitzman on Facebook. You can go to Synergy Movement Therapy Case Studies on Facebook. You can go to Sustainable Coaching Practices on Facebook. I'm on Instagram uh, as Sean Kitz, you know, if you look up me. You'll see the, you'll see the shiny head. You can't, you can't get away from it. And then, then the, the two places I'm not as much on my Instagram page. I do. I do like more personal stuff on my Instagram page now. Um, but also the pitching nerd on Instagram. I'm, I'm really active on that. And I'll be active on that for, you know, from now until, you know, the end of time, because that's a, that's a big passion for me. And then, um, you know, if they watch this during COVID and they don't watch this after COVID, you know and they're interested in possibly taking their practice online um they can either reach out to me personally um or uh you know reach out to me on any one of those channels and i'll get them to the you know the appropriate places to where they can you know start to at least start to have a conversation and get into the free course cool cool so
1: guys uh, again robert gardner with the robert gardner wellness podcast if you want to pick up a dvd workbook uh digital copies That subscription service I talked about is completely free for your first month. You can find that probably here. There's a link, um, but if you can always write me, find me wherever. Um, Go ahead and subscribe. It's free for your first month. It's kind of a CE subscription service. It's $7 a month thereafter, but you can work with me in an ongoing way. And Sean, thank you so much for coming on the program, having a really detailed chat with me. I really enjoy connecting with you. And I hope that your stuff continues to grow. Thank you for what you're doing for therapists.
0: Thanks, man. I I appreciate the time. And uh, it's always a good chat, man. Cool. I'll talk to you soon. Talk soon, buddy.